you are listening to Oversubscribed with Jason L. Baptiste and Ben Parr. Episode 12, April 30th, 2016. In this week's episode, we discuss Apple's earnings, dirty term sheets, and the unicorn trend, and Comcast's acquisition of DreamWorks. Stay tuned. Welcome, everybody, to a new edition of Oversubscribed with Jason L. Baptiste and Ben Parr. We're back. We've been on hiatus for a bit, but we're here live in New York City recording this episode. Yes, we're both together for the very first time for this podcast. Um, and I know a lot of you miss it. We got a bunch of messages. We've been busy. Doing and we miss work. you, too. <laughs> We've been busy doing work things. But now we're together and we're getting these episodes and we're getting back on track with uh, doing this podcast because we love it and we love you. It's a fun, it's one of labor, uh, it's fun and a love of labor, but uh, we've been doing some work in between. Happy to be back with everybody. I think we're going to both need some coffee a little bit later because we're going to go hardcore on a whole bunch of topics. Yep. So let's get started with the very first topic because we've got a lot to cover, don't we? We um, do. And I think we should start with Apple. The Nobody beginning. ever talks about Apple. So I think it's unique that we are. <laughs> so uh, the basic recap for everyone who saw um, recently is that Apple announced its earnings, and for the first time in I believe 13 years, they had they lost in a quarter. They they lo- they had revenue go down, and as a result, the stock dropped like a rock. The iPhone sales went down. Um, sales across the board went So down. here's the thing. They, they hit their expectations, if not beat them, okay? So they set the expectations that this was going to happen. But Wall Street is based upon growth, and the growth isn't there. It, well, there had, you know, it's the first time not having growth in 13 quarters. So everybody's question is... Was well, it 13 quarters or 13? It's 13 quarters. 13 quarters. Okay, 13 years would have been even crazier. Which, I mean, isn't that crazy considering you have the iPod as well. True. Actually, I believe it was 13 years and 52 quarters. In, I, no, 51 consecutive quarters. We just looked it up. Yeah. Which the, is not that crazy because you had the iPod come out in well, like well, late 01. Well, it is crazy that any company ever could have 51 consecutive quarters of uninterrupted growth. And here, I mean, here's what's screwed up is that you have all the Wall Street analysts, right? And they're, they're not stupid people, but they certainly make themselves seem that often enough that it's like, hey, at some point... The ship is going to end in terms of crazy growth. So you know what? Let's not bake that into the stock price. But, of course, they still go ahead and just think it will continue forever. And then, oh, my God, the world is falling apart. I think this is a realistic and healthy thing for the short term. Yes, but this does point out one thing, which is uh, in the past, for the last 13 years, the reason why Apple's always been able to grow is because it's always been able to introduce a new product line that's been able to add a new revenue stream. And so you go from iPod to iPhone to iPad, but they haven't been able to add one that's been able to do any significant value. But see, so focus on that word word significant, okay? Growth is built upon the past number, so let's go back 13 years, all right? Growth from the number of 13 years ago is, you know, not that crazy to bump up. They added the iPod. They kept adding new iPods. They were going from a much lower number. Then, okay, they add the iPhone. Adding the iPhone on what's a little bit higher of a number, but still not crazy, that grew forever. I mean, that is their cash cow, still is, will be for quite a while. 
the thing is that's gotten so big. So to add growth to that number, you know, is is nuts. Let's take something for example, the Apple Watch. I think the estimated sales are six billion dollars. That's more than Rolex. Rolex did four and a half billion dollars. Any startup, any company out there doing six billion dollars as an incremental product would be nuts, especially in a new field. The thing is, that just doesn't make a dent in the world of an iPhone. So it's just nothing does I, that we know of yet. It's you need such an a large product category to do it, and I, I think that's where things Apple are off kilter. Apple car. Wait, did you just say Apple car or Apple fart? What? Apple car. Well, that that's the thing, right? So what's the big ticket purchase item that could do that? It it could easily be well, it, the Apple car. They're betting on it. They're doing a deal over in Germany right now for Apple car distribution and for manufacturing, and they've been hiring more and more people quietly, despite any of the hiccups they've had. It's the next big product category for them. Whether it works or not, you don't know, but... Um, it's certainly a big product category if you succeed at it. It definitely is, and we got to think about it this way, okay? They have strong positions in everything they're in currently, all right? iPhone is not going anywhere. Samsung completely has botched that, all right? Tablets are not what they are, but Apple leads in that. Um, smartwatches, Apple leads in that. You know, Mac is obviously, it's been growing in some weird way. So they're safe on what they already do, and I think, you know, for the momentary... There may not be the growth people expect. Did you expect. say the momentary? The moment. The moment that I make That's a new movie, up. The Momentary, starring... Adam Sandler. <laughs> oh, God, no. Not an Adam Sandler it's, movie. It's the sequel to The Cobbler, produced yeah. by Netflix. The thing is, like, listen, when you live quarter to quarter, you can't look at that. It's a company that's strong in the areas they already are. They got $233 billion in cash, a great brand. I think you can't say... Oh my god, Apple's dead. We won't know until it's all over, and that's five to ten years. Coming up with a new product category that can create growth on existing numbers like Apple, that's just tough for anybody to do. And we'll we'll see. I mean, take a look at Google. They keep growing with online ads, but truth is, they're a one-trick pony with ads. Buy or sell. On what, Apple? Yeah, right now. Buy. I agree. Look, look, with with Apple... uh, Expectations are all completely different for the company that is the most valuable company in the world that has redefined uh, what a successful product is, where you're right. I didn't even realize they make more than Rolex, and that's just for just one product category, for the watch That is category. a loser that people call a disappointment. Like, okay, if you were expecting it to be the iPhone, which many people, you know, There's nothing were, that's going to be that and make that That we know of right now, maybe right. cars. Yeah, it's not going to be like they, – they're going to try car. They're going to do cars. They're going to do VR. And who knows what else in 30 years. And they're going to wait and see on VR And did you too. see, by the way, side note, how much money they they have? $233 billion you could, so. You could buy Netflix, Twitter. You could buy Facebook. All that with that, and it means nothing. And keep in mind that they've done a ton of, you know, just cash buybacks throughout. Well, you saw – that Apple announced that they were going to do more buybacks of their shares, which I think was to lower the blow of all of that, uh, of what happened of the earnings, so that it wouldn't drop the which stock price more. Which they have to, because Wall Street loves buybacks and activists. And they have just so much money. It, just, it almost it, it, seems like it doesn't matter how much... No, it's a waste. Like, keep the cash, use it on good things. The thing is, they don't really buy companies. Their large, largest acquisition has been Beats. What would, what would you... In, if you were Apple, what would you tell them to use that money on? To buy? Tesla. 
You think they should? Do I don't that? think he'd sell. But yeah, listen, it's the closest company that makes sense. It's where they need to go. I would buy rather than doing it internally. You think they should just buy Tesla? Yeah, absolutely. I could buy that one. They love doing it internally. But I mean, I, I know that's that like a fan pick, but it's like it makes a lot of sense. Half the internal fucking team is Tesla anyway. True. So you do that. I would buy Arm Holdings, which kind of has all. If you look at any chip and any phone, it's like Arm designed. Arm's so, been having trouble recently. Like interesting. They, so they they've been having trouble ke- keeping up with Intel, but it could be a good acquisition because they have technology. They just had a stock boost because they licensed their technology to a Chinese company, and that's helped a lot. The thing is, there's not a lot of things that they need, right? So it's like. You buy to get market share. Well, they don't really need market share in anything that they're in, okay? You buy for technology, and those are smaller buys, okay? That's team and technology, which they occasionally do. So the question is, like, they can't get it really for growth in existing areas. It's going to be for new areas. Beats was really so they could get into music, okay? So what other areas do they need? Hmm. All right. Well, I think that's enough for now for... Apple, I think they're going to be fine, obviously. I hope more not. people talk about Apple. It's really needed. It, it's, it's such an under-the-radar company. Underserved topic. Oh, totally. Uh, so why don't we hit, let's see, what's our next thing, Jason? Uh, let's go with this dirty unicorn post that came out a little bit about <laughs> dirty. a unicorn. Uh, was yeah. that the actual title or is that No, it was dirty term sheets for unicorns. I just wrote it down as dirty unicorns because that's how my brain thinks. I like that term, dirty. I mean, I hate the term unicorns, but let's use it. I don't know. Here's, here's the issue. It's one of those things that just seems so prudent and makes sense. Well, okay. let's, ex- let's explain what Bill Gurley, the benchmark partner, discussed. So, what he, I mean, he talked about a bunch of things, but it's basically the entire industry has been propped up, raising a ton of late-stage funding, getting these valuations that don't make any sense. And the issue is those valuations aren't really what they are if you boil down to it. Yes, it's a number. It's, you know, 200 million bucks on $2 billion. But when you look at the terms and preferences, that's really not how it will liquidate. And I think the two best ways that I've seen it discussed are, you know, number one, it's either a lot like debt with the way that it liquidates and the terms, okay, the seniority of it, the different preferences, the different call-outs, or previous equity investors would prefer to now essentially common shareholders with how little rights they have. And the thing is, so many companies have been like, all right, we need to raise above a billion and funds will give it to them just you know, to get those other terms, which are dangerous, pollute the water. And there's been a ton of it out there. And the thing is, these companies don't even need the cash to be doing it. And they're usually propped up by bad, bad fundamental economics as well. And this was the girly 5,600 word post. And girlies are talking about how in new rounds... A lot of VCs are going to have to. Uh, a lot of companies are going to have to raise from uh, with dirty term sheets or term sheets that have stronger preferentials for the investors and clauses that are not really good for the startups and the employees. Uh, but there's been a lot of blowback too on that one, and I, so I kind of disagree with Gurley uh, on the negative impact. Um, both um, Jessica Lesson of the Information, bless her heart wrote a longer piece about how uh, the depression of Silicon Valley is highly overrated. And how I would say it is, like, there's depression a lot... Depression in what sense? In terms of valuations, in terms of the doom and gloom. Um, I think that Bill Gurley has been a longtime doomsayer, um, and he's been wrong for a number of years. You're always going to be right eventually, but honestly, I think that what you have is you have some companies that oh, don't meet their numbers and don't meet the fundamentals... 
Theranos, Xanafits. But you have other companies that do meet their numbers and do show promise. Well, since some of them really do, the issue is a lot of them don't. No, but well, well, how many is a lot? and how We have to do like a statistical analysis. I'd argue... Here's the thing. We don't have those numbers in front. They're not public companies. No. But if you look at the numbers that we do have, which is the number of unicorns and over billion dollar valuation companies it's gone significantly i don't have the numbers in front of me but it's gone but the, crazy. Qu- but the question here is that just because we've been giving them way too easy money or is that because the, we found a better formula for making more valuable companies and i would argue it's the yeah, latter valuable? they're not really worth what they say they are oh but companies like slack entirely are and they've been able to i, I think that's bullshit i disagree with you they, like Companies like Uber have clearly been able to show that they can become profitable with scale and make lots of money and build Slack has the ones. potential to grow into it, but the whole game is that the valuation is a little bit ahead so, because that's the whole point to grow into it. And as you want to – as you're a VC and you're competing with five others, you're willing to pay a slightly higher price. But the thing is the reason that they got the $3 billion, dude, they don't need $200 million more – after raising 150 million the year before, and the thing is, the entire game has been changed in what you could consider the equivalent of rating bonds. Okay, if we look back to the 2008 crisis, the real thing that fucked it all up was, oh, all of these bonds are A plus plus. It's all good. It's all good. Their value is worth what they are. Okay, when it wasn't, they were really C bonds. They were really they were not as valuable as they were told to be. Okay. The same thing is happening here. I believe all these companies are valuable or great, should exist, all right? Slack, I think, is an awesome company. We all use it. It certainly could be worth $4 billion, all right? The issue is this. They've all been propped up to these valuations that they're probably not worth. They're probably worth a fifth of what they really are, a half of what they really are. But that bar has now been set so that all the other companies are like, well, if Slack's got $4 billion, we've got to do this. Well, then guess what? We're going to raise for Theranos at $9 billion valuation. And what happens with that is because of the ownership percentages that are needed by a company, okay, you then say, well, if it's at $4 billion and I need at least 10% ownership in a late stage or 5%, I'm going to give you $200 million or $400 million bucks. They don't need all that money. They possibly don't know how they're going to spend it. So what they're going to do is figure a way to spend it in an uncontrolled way. And they're just all That's not always how it goes. Some of them, yes, they raise a bunch. No, no I'm not saying but always. Then the whole, I'm but saying... a lot of the smarter ones like, hold on to it. The smarter and, ones absolutely will. What I'm and saying more is... and more are becoming smarter is what my argument is. And so I um, don't believe that. I absolutely believe that. Well, the, companies like Medium and Slack are not... Uh, and some kind medium of, does not need another fifty-seven million dollars. It it told, but it can totally use that in a smart way over the long term. So go raise it when you need it. No, because that's a, that's a terrible idea. Sometimes because you don't know what the market conditions will be. If you need to weather out a bad storm, you want to have the money in the bank. If you're a good company, you will get the money. No, you will get. Sometimes you storm- market conditions do matter. Sometimes, if you're even if your fundamentals are strong. You oh it's it's just like having a four one k or large savings. You want to have that extra cushion, and the more cushion you can have, the better. It's, and so I, I too much cushion. It's there. It is not too much cushion. Slack that, does not need what is it four hundred million dollars in the bank. They don't need four hundred million dollars in the bank. They it doesn't it because they don't need it now. Doesn't mean they don't need it later. And absolutely. 
Um, it's the smart and it's the sensible thing to do. If you can raise it at a decent valuation, you but should it's not do decent. it. It's like it's for them. It's decent. It should be a cushion of call it fifty million for Slack. I don't know. Ah, uh, dude, we're never gonna agree on this one. You, like you, if you're a if you're a startup, if you're a mid stage company, you want to make sure you have a cushion that can absorb anything that could absorb a recession, a market downturn, a change in strategy, anything that you can simple think. get profitable. But you might get you, profitable. But you might have to switch things. Get profitable so you don't need to raise money and or grow money. or you invest in growth when you're growing really fast. You know and, who actually has a down almost uh, smart? Twitter. We're getting into Twitter. This we're getting is a into Twitter. Turn. It's a complete turd. So they've got three and a half billion dollars of cash and they're almost profitable. Yeah. So actually, once they get profitable and have that cushion, they've done it smart. I'd rather be Slack than Twitter. I think you're completely off base on this one. And, how, and it's funny how we've gone over from this to, uh, to, to financial cushions. But look, um, in the end, Gurley always likes to predict the negative, and Andreessen always likes to predict the positive. Andreessen calls himself the anti-Gurley for a reason. And I like think the Newman to the Seinfeld. And I think the fundamentals of a lot of these um, billion-dollar companies are better than most people uh, think or are willing to admit. So that's my thought. We agree to disagree on this one. All right, we got one more topic. Let's talk about DreamWorks. So, everybody, uh, earlier on Wednesday, mid. Comcast, Comcast basically announced that it's going to acquire, or not announce, it's the elite. They're going to acquire DreamWorks. They're in talks to acquire DreamWorks for three-plus billion dollars, and they're going to take it, and they're going to merge it with Universal Pictures. It's smart. It's interesting. I mean, what moviegoers are expecting is changing. It get, lets you start getting content for home, for kids, for virtual reality. It strengthens them up, and... Comcast is, I mean, they own NBC. They've got Universal Pictures. I mean, they have so much different stuff. And they've got the tubes to get them there. God, it's... A series of tubes. tubes. Um, They they have the pipeline. Look, so it's worked out really well, like incredibly well, for Disney when they acquired Pixar. And DreamWorks, more hit and miss, but DreamWorks clearly has some hits and clearly has the second best animation like animation team in Hollywood. Yeah, it's one of those like we were talking about Apple. There's no real markets for Apple to get into except for cars that make logical sense to buy into. For Universal, it's kind of like okay, DreamWorks and animations, you know, it goes in there. It's it's a logical bet, who knows if it'll pay off, but it's it's not something that's crazy or stupid. So I think it's also a benefit that they get Jeffrey Katzenberg who yes. really is uh, a genius, and you know, is the like the fame. You get some executive. good talent with it too. Yeah, and I, and I mean, they may even be able to tap some Steven Spielberg since you know he was a founder. Which, by the way, the story of how DreamWorks was founded is so fascinating. There's a book uh, called "The Men Who Would Be Kings." I highly recommend it if you're curious about the history of Hollywood, especially the history of DreamWorks and that partnership between David Geffen, Jeffrey Katzenberg, and Steven Spielberg. Really fascinating. Um, I'm, yeah. look, I'm looking up some of the most recent films that... Kung Fu Panda 3, that was the, good. The, all the Kung Fu Pandas have done really well. Yeah. The Madagascar movies, How You Train Your Dragon, they've been on a good roll. They lost on Turbo, they gained, they won, they won with the Croods. 
Um, they lost on Mr. Peabody. Well, they made a little bit of money on Mr. Peabody and Sherman, you know? So, uh, so I think it's a good acquisition by Comcast. Now, um, how, if Com will Comcast screw it up is a good question, I think. So my belief is this. It's not a crazy acquisition. It seems pretty logical. We could look back at it five years. But like They blew $3 billion bucks, but it's a smart bet to make. They have the money. It's logical. It can integrate well. You know, and it combats against... Listen, they need something against Disney. Disney is a powerhouse. Disney! Right? Oh my... Okay, let's, let's go into Disney a little maybe, bit. No, no. Maybe we, we're going to do Disney in the next episode. Are we going to do Disney? To Dis be continued, cliffhanger. Oh! Listen okay. to our episode coming out tomorrow to hear this conversation continued about Disney. Oh, I so want to talk about Disney. All right, all right. Let's, we're let's... about to, but you guys don't get to hear it till tomorrow. All right. Tune in. All right. So, uh, I guess my last thought before we finish, because on... Um, DreamWorks and that whole thing is that uh, Universal really needs the help. And like, honestly, um, it, Universal has, let, let's see, um, Universal's had some wins. Let's see, what was the wins last year? Well, actually, you know, um, the one that really needs help is Warner Brothers. Universal's done a good job. Yeah, Warner Brothers needs to help Batman versus Superman. That oh, was... God, that was a disaster. So, uh, Universal Studios, let's see, which the last year was um, Jurassic World, I believe. Yes. And the... But it's like, didn't they just have now the Huntsman thing? Was that them? Uh, I don't know who produced that. They just bombed. Well, let's, let's see who made that Huntsman movie. But they also did uh, the Furious movies. Yeah. I don't know. Let's talk about this in conjunction with Disney. To be continued. All right. So, we'll talk about to be continued. All right. So, um, tune in tomorrow... Two episodes in a week. We're making up for it. To fo our follow-up on all of this. Plus, we'll be discussing uh, chatbots and this crazy mother-effing election. Yes. All right. Talk to you guys tomorrow. All right. This is uh, Ben Parr and Jason L. Baptiste. Uh, you've been listening to Oversubscribe. Six, 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 six. Subscribe! Thanks for listening to Oversubscribe with Jason L. Baptiste and Ben Parr. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we hope you'll share and subscribe. Go to SoundCloud at bit.ly slash oversubscribedpodcast or find us on iTunes or TuneIn. Thank you very much for listening. Join us next week.